Coming up on the bridge, Sukinder Singh Cassidy, CEO of Zero, former founder of Boardlist, Yodli, serial entrepreneur, joins the show to talk about Sukinder's first exposure to entrepreneurship, running the books for her father's business, how she thought about evaluating the entrepreneurial ventures she takes on and the importance that she places and balances across the market opportunity and the team that she's building and joining. And then we rounded out talking about Zero's play using AI to help support small business and the opportunities that Sukinder sees to help those companies save time and money. A really great conversation. Again, this is a short interview, but again, grateful for Sukinder's time. If you're a small business looking to drive efficiency, save time and money, check out Zero.com. Without further ado, let's get into the show. Assassin's state of mind, hustle, grind. See them dollar signs, assassin's state of mind, assassin's state of mind, hustle, grind. See them dollar signs way above the bottom line, assassin's state of mind, hustle, grind. See them dollar signs, assassin's state of mind, assassin's state of mind, hustle, grind. See them dollar signs way above the bottom line, assassin's state of mind. They say money over everything, everything, nation the game. For a wedding ring, salary, startups, crypto, stock exchange. Appreciate every penny. Pocket change. One phone call and your life can change. What's your love language? Can't All right, I am here with Sukinder Singh Cassidy, CEO of Zero. Sukinder, welcome to the Bridge Podcast. Appreciate you making some time. Of course. I'd love to start with just opening it up with a little bit about your background and then also just curious about the transition that you made from entrepreneurship to the opportunity leading the team at Zero. Just yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's pretty karmic, as I say to people. I My very first job was as bookkeeper for my dad. I mean, at seven or eight years old, he had me and my two sisters and my mom doing his general ledger entries literally 30 days before tax season. He would like wait all year, not do any entries, come home with all his checkbooks, dump them on the dining room table. And that's we begin the sprint to file our taxes every year in Canada. So in some ways, I've come full circle. But it means a couple of things beyond sort of the obvious accounting metaphor. My dad loved small businesses. He told me to work for myself. I came to the Valley, obviously, and ended up at a, a, a couple of big companies, Amazon and Google, and more recently, StubHub. But in between, I founded three small companies. I'm kind of, I always remember this lesson to work for yourself. So I think I have a natural love of small businesses. I think I understand the pain of being a small business owner. I watched it. I have been one. Um, and so it makes me really passionate about doing the, you know, at zero. You've pretty much done it all as an operator. You mentioned companies like Google, StubHub, Yodli, Boardlist. What made this opportunity at zero a slam dunk for you? Well, I think probably um, two other things made it a slam dunk. Three other things. Number one, macro-resilient business that is purpose-driven and really delivers the goods. Like all the companies loved by its small business and uh, partners, its accounting and bookkeeping partners. And I saw that in all the data and the earnings results. So just like, really solid uh, performance and brand loss. Really important, right? Uh, number two, macro talents. People always think as an entrepreneur that it's all about your own execution. I, you know, I thought the same thing. And sometimes you really realize that timing and tailwinds matter. Lots of people give me credit for going to Google in 1999. And I'm like, you realize, okay, I made a good choice. But you realize if you came to Silicon Valley in 1999 and picked a good company, you know, 
Like, think about what the internet was doing in 1999. You have a lot of chances to succeed and a lot of chances to fail, and you're probably still going to be okay. So timing matters, right? And when I look at where we are in small business adoption and the need for small businesses to keep digitizing parts of their stack so they can focus on what really matters, which is running their business. And accounting is one of the big areas that is still digitizing and has macro tailwinds as far as the eye can see. So I was really compelled by where small businesses are in their cloud adoption of accounting and the macro trends and tailwinds that point towards higher adoption. And then the last thing is zero's values. You know, as you get older as a leader, I would say you want to go where your strengths are valued and your values are shared. So I want to come to a place where maybe, you know, what I'm naturally good at could be utilized to its highest impact. But I want to go to a place where I belong. Like, I want to go to a place where I feel included. You know, when you're a CEO, you want that too. Um, and Zero has, you know, I think is very well known globally for its people, its culture, uh, its value of diversity and inclusion and really an authentic place. Um, so that was disproportionately important. Okay. AI, I feel like I need to ask about it. You have to ask about it. I have to ask. I have to ask about the AI. Um, Just, you know, like every other CEO put it in their last earnings call. I chose not to because I feel like everybody's doing it. Yeah. And of course, it's a big opportunity. So, yeah. So what, let's talk about So I want to just better understand how Zero is looking to embrace things like AI, LLM. Sure. So first of all, we've been doing AI since the company started, right? So I think it's important to separate AI from generative AI, right? Because people throw them all together. They're not the same. They're sisters, right? Or cousins. So when you think about AI, and by the way, what customers care about is save me time and money. Okay. So I can go work on the value adding tasks. Whether that's our small businesses or other big customer segment is accounts and bookkeepers who service those clients. Both have pressure, both, by the way, have pressure every day, keep adding value to the firms and companies, right? So nobody wants to spend a lot of time on accounting and bookkeeping when there are more important tasks to be at. So I think the most important use of AI, and then we'll talk about generative AI, is to save your customers time and money, like very simple. So, uh, you know, if you think about what we do, which is we're sort of the system of record for people's data, we use AI today in extracting information out of your bank statements. We have a whole product that does that. We use it in bank reconciliation to help make it easier to sort of categorize expenses. And that's important. By the way, we have reporting in cash prediction to forecast based on what's happened in the past, what's likely to happen. So we use it in our reporting tools. I mean, those are all examples today of use cases of AI in the business today. Right. Now let's move over to generative AI. If you think about generative AI, I think we have two big opportunities. Number one, how do you think about, and, gen, and I think the distinction I make is generative AI, like where you can use natural language to create new content from existing content, right? So I think the first opportunity is to continue on a metaphor, which is what saves our customers time and money. So it might be something simple, like, gosh, how do you put natural language over large data sets we have? Like, like we have a site called Zero Central, which is where all of our customers, right, go to get their questions answered. That's an obvious and natural use case for a chatbot, as an example, right? Set up. Setup of zero, you know, it's a, it's a task to get through all the things you want. It might be that in helping you set up, you want to ask questions on how to set up as opposed to going through you know, a series of steps. So I think anywhere where natural language might help you kind of query zero's capabilities and get to a quick answer makes sense. Maybe you want to query reams and reams of information on the tax code. Wherever there's big stores of data is where you want to query, that might be a place we can help you. The important thing, though, I think this is really important. Your chatbot has it wrong when you ask it a question on Microsoft Search and you say something like, 
I've done it. I've done it. You know, I've asked OpenAI, like, make me a poem about my husband for Father's Day. Okay, great. Uh, you don't want to get your financial tax returns wrong. So accuracy is quite important, right? So people talk about large language models. You'll notice nobody's talking yet about how good it is, how good are large language models at extracting information from data and outputting data. Like nobody's talking about that. It's language to language. So I think we think it's quite important that we steward the accuracy of results when it matters. And I think that is an important consideration for our use cases, which is there are easier use cases and harder use cases. You'll notice nobody's talking right now about the harder use cases. So I think we'll want to make sure that anything we do in generative AI is accurate for the use case. You can't afford to get somebody's tax return wrong, no matter how cutely worded your response might be. And then, of course, like everybody, there'll be opportunity for us to use AI in our own tools in the company. Maybe we use it in marketing. Maybe we use it, use it, use it inside of programming, right? Our vendors will bring us AI. So I think we'll see it used as a company to make it work faster. But I think what our customers are asking us for, honestly, is not esoteric AI. They just are like, how can you make, you know, how can you make these manual tasks faster, simpler, speedier, take them off my plate? Okay, the bridge is all about entrepreneurship. I'm an entrepreneur at heart. The zero to one phase is a tough one. What is one thing you wish Sukinder, the founder of the board list or the CEO of Zero, would have offered as advice to your earlier self as an entrepreneur? What I've told myself as a founder of Yodeling, or do you mean, or, or even early in my career, pre-founder, all those lessons of Yodeling, they just repeat themselves. Oh, that's a lot. Sadly, as a founder, like sometimes you're like, oh, I'm on my third time at it. I should know better. So quite frankly, all those, it's like sickle bed. So I'm not sure the founder to founder would tell myself anything different. But I think, actually, maybe one thing. I'd be like, hey, be more paranoid about how much cash you raise, because all you raise, you spend. So the board list, we've been a lot more capital efficient than we were at Yonley, I'll tell you. Oh, yeah. Um, in each case, though, we're early for the world. So you just need to, like, wait till the trends come. To- but what about, what would I pulled my earlier selves? Maybe I want to harken back to that thing, that, that thing I talked about with regard to macro tailwinds. Sometimes you think when you're early in your career, it's all me. It's all me. It's all me. And sometimes it's about what you choose. Like, you know, choose the space where, you know, where things are growing. Choose a space where the tailwinds and trends are with you. Makes your probabilities of success higher, you know? That's important. Choose great people to work with. I'll say that. I'm like, the who matters more than the what. So the what matters when you think about them, right? Like, choose macro spaces where you put yourself in a position where the probabilities you'll succeed are higher. So, so value the macro. I think that's important. And then after you're done value the mic- macro, when it comes to the micro, like where to, like, where to go to work, choose the who. I choose the who. I think every time I put myself in a position where I chose the who, I had a great career experience. And the times where I went in and I wasn't so sure about the who, like I, at least twice in my career, I quit in six months where I was like, I'm not going to bet my career on this person. I'm not going to be here five years to see the what. Because... Every day, it's going to stop. <laughs> Time is short. So at the macro value, at the macro value, the what? At the micro value, the day. And you're going to be fine. I love that. Again, Sukinder, thank you so much for making the time. I wanted to give you some space, too, to see if there's anything else that you wanted to pitch as we round out the conversation. Well, I mean, look, at Zero, super excited about the growth. I think it's an amazing platform that obviously is betting that small businesses are going to continue to adopt the cloud tools that save them time. So really excited. I think our job is, is pretty simple. It's like, look, more agile, more customer focused, and a massive opportunity, we think, to both, you know, keep um, 
pushing small businesses and accountants to adopt technology in the accounting space yeah. and then keep adding the tools that make their jobs easy. So whether that is core counting, whether that's tax, whether that's, you know, paying employees or whether that's collecting money faster. Those are like, we have the opportunity to serve all those jobs. All right. Awesome place to wrap it up again. So, Gander, thanks so much for your time. All the best to you and the team and hope to catch up again here soon. All right. Good luck, my friends. All right. That is a wrap. Again, shout out to Sue Kinderson, Cassidy, the entire team at Zero. Man, she's done pretty much everything at this stage in her career, founding companies, building companies, scaling, operating at all stages. So just really cool to sit down with her and have that conversation. If you are a small business looking to gain efficiencies, save time and money, check out Zero.com. This week on the show, we've got another exceptional founder on in the educational tech space, category leader there. Uh, really enjoyed that discussion as well. I've been in Salt Lake City this week at Silicon Slopes with the Coltramp team. Really love spending some time again with my colleagues there. Uh, learning a lot. Got to see Gary V. Trying to get him on the show. Uh, Mr. Tony Robbins. Nobody walked on fire or coals this week, but got the crowd energized. Going to share some insights from that. Again, founders, entrepreneurship's hard. You don't need to take the hard road. Take the bridge. If you feel compelled to, I won't hate you for it. Leave some reviews or five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to follow us on the X and TikTok at The Bridge Round. In the meantime, again, keep hustling. Keep grinding. Keep getting that money. See them dollar signs. Hustle. Grind. Assassin's state of mind. Hustle. Grind. See them dollar signs. Assassin's state of mind. Assassin's state of mind. Hustle. Grind. See them dollar signs way above the bottom line. Assassin's state of mind. Hustle. Grind. See them dollar signs. Assassin's state of mind. Assassin's state of mind. Hustle. Grind. See them dollar signs way above the bottom line. Assassin's state of mind. They say money over everything. Everything. Gation the game. Shopping for a wedding ring. Salary. Startups. Crypto. Stock exchange. Appreciate every penny. Huh.